How do you do? Mr. Carl Lindley feels it would be a little unkind to present this picture without just a word of friendly warning. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now is your chance to... Uh, well, we've warned you. Shot Ken. Thanks for joining us again. It's uh, it's good to have you back. It's good to be back. It is. Uh, it really is. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy about that. I don't mean to start the show off on a downer note, but I do feel the need to acknowledge the passing of one of the all-time great comedy legends, Carl Reiner, passed away recently. Yeah, I was very very upset and disappointed, and um, actually. You know, with, with that happening, it, make, it makes you go back and, and look at what he's done in his career and just the amount of stuff he's done was ridiculous and, and, and incredible. Yeah. Can, can, I, uh, can I make an admission here? Sure. It's like, I know, I know of Carl Reiner. Okay. I, uh, I've been, I'm, I'm aware of his work, uh, especially with Mel Brooks, the 2,000-year-old man. I know classic comedy. Uh, I've never actually heard the 2,000-year-old man. Any, really? Any of them. No, I, and I'm honestly, I'm not familiar beyond the fact that Carl Reiner is a legend. I don't know much of the specifics of his career. Wow, okay. Um, well, if you want, I mean, I can help step in there and give a little bit of uh, insight if, if you're okay with that. No, thanks. Let's just move on. All right, then, then let's do yeah, that. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, uh, he started his career uh, fairly young, uh, working with Sid Caesar. Uh, he was a writer and uh, and collaborated with him on your show of shows, and then um, later on with the Sid Caesar Hour uh, was essentially where he wound up working a lot with Mel Brooks and Woody Allen. That whole lifetime friendship with him and Brooks started there. It, it's 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 really cool. One of the things, of course, that he's most known for was the creation of the Dick Van Dyke Show, which I'm sure you've heard of. Yes. I'm aware of that. Uh, it didn't start off as the Dick Van Dyke show. Um, it started off as a show called uh, Man of the House, and the pilot failed, and he thought that it was, there was still something in there, so he reworked the show, and it turned into the Dick Van Dyke show. 
uh, actually Steve, uh, yeah, Steve Martin on the map with uh, a lot of his films, starting off with uh, The Jerk and then Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, All of Me, uh, The Man with Two Brains, some really funny, funny movies. Wow, I've, I've actually seen nothing that you've described so far. Really? Yeah. I, I, I don't think I've ever watched a full episode of the Dick Van Dyke show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I never saw it. Believe it or not, I never saw The Jerk. Okay. Dead Man I, I distinctly remember the VHS cassette cover of Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Funny movie. Uh, hanging out in the uh, that center comedy... Uh, strip on our local video rental store oh yeah the man with two brains again i'm familiar with the poster Mm -hmm. and i think the other one all of me all of you all of me yeah i think that's the first time i've even heard of that movie oh great film with him and uh lily tomlin very funny uh one oh one of the things i forgot uh, looking at, at his stuff now he played God, who spoke to Moses in History of the World Part 1 with the uh, Commandments. Okay, I've seen that. Yeah. Makes sense. He directed uh, the original Oh God with... Uh, um, George Burns. The, George Burns, right, right. One of my favorite films uh, back in 87 was the, uh, the teen comedy Summer School with Mark Harmon and Kersey Alley, where uh, they play teachers that are forced to actually have to work summer school with uh, delinquent students. Very funny. And then during that mid, I don't know, Pete, do you remember that mid-90s era where National Lampoon and all those movie houses were trying to capitalize or do their own kind of like Zucker Brothers parody type movie with the gag, with the sight gags and everything, and most of them were terrible? Yeah, like Loaded Weapon. Loaded Weapon 1, Spy Hard, like all that stuff. He actually did a basic instinct one called Fatal Instinct with Armand Asante and Sean Young, which was actually kind of entertaining. I don't put. I wouldn't put that in the in the lousy ones, but it was like that whole period where there everyone was just trying to capitalize on the whole parody thing. Was that his Dracula Dead and Loving It? No, that was Mel Brooks's Dracula Dead and Loving It. No, no, I'm saying. Oh, um, it. I, personally, I don't think it was as bad. Uh, you know what? If I had to equate it, you you enjoyed uh, uh, Jim Abrams' Mafia, right? Yeah. Well, Jane Austen's Mafia. Jane Austen's Mafia, but directed by Jim Abrams. Sure. Uh, similar style, uh, the way it was all set up. It wasn't like, it wasn't like the, a lot of it wasn't all the blatant in your face gags. Um, some of them were actually really fun were, you know, just, you know, you actually laughed out loud instead of guffawing and groaning at most of them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just, uh, a lot of, a lot of stuff. I mean, he's worked with so many incredible geniuses over the years he's collaborated with carol burnett and like i said earlier sid caesar and mel brooks dick van dyke he worked with uh, rowan and martin who did laughing and not to mention too um his son rob who actually wound up having a, a really good career in his own right has he though i mean let's be honest i think the dude peaked it peaked with uh, spinal tap um i don't know when harry met sally was fantastic yeah but i mean it wasn't spinal tap well, I don't think anything will be Spinal Tap. But yeah, I mean, so it, it was cool though. I mean, he followed his, in his dad's footsteps and actually became a, a director in his own right and, and well-respected. I mean, so there's a legacy there too, which I think is actually very, very cool. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it, it, it's a big loss. It's, and he was uh, he was active too, still. Uh, last year, uh, I believe one of the last credits he had was uh, he played Carl Reiner Osiris 
in Toy Story 4. Oh, great pun, guys. But, I mean, We're you not- look at it. Well, I mean, look at it, though. I mean, the man was 98 years old. I mean, it re- incredible. And oh, yeah. pretty much up until the end, the man was still working. Like, uh, two or three years ago, I, I, I saw a documentary that he worked on about older uh, actors from the business and pretty much how they're still kicking, essentially. Yeah. And, and it was a really great documentary, you know? And uh, it just... I, I, give them, I give them all so much credit. I really do. Oh, sure. And 98 years old, I'm not going to blame him for not throwing down with the writers about the name of the damn rhinoceros. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, uh, but for all intents and purposes, I mean, again, Carl Reiner, what a, a great entertainer, visionary. Thank you for all the years, man. It, it's, been, it's been a blast having him as part of my life, you know, being a film buff. and Absolutely. Absolutely. He gets an official lad idiot salute. Um, also on the docket tonight, we actually have a guest that we're going to be hearing from, a- an entertainer in her own right, Gelsey Laurie. So uh, we'll be hearing from her in a little bit. Actually, you know what, Pete? I, I say we yeah. take a break. Okay. I'm going to pull a little 2,000-year-old man for you to educate you a little bit. Okay. And when that's over, we'll we'll be hearing from uh, Gelsey Laurie. And then... After that, we'll come back and we'll we'll have a little bit more more to talk about. Sounds like a plan. All right, guys, take care. We will be right back. Sir, I'm interested in the origin of words. Where words come from? Simple words like well, a cheese. lot of them you pick up on the street. What? Words. No, no, I mean, oh, you mean where TV? they come oh. from. I see where they come from. For instance, a word like cheese. What's the origin of the word? Cheese came from the first man who discovered cheese. He looked into a big barrel, see, mm-hmm. of souring milk, milk that was souring, mm-hmm. and he sniffed it and he went, cheese. <laughs> Today. We still say, but when we go into our grocery, we don't say, jeez, we say, give me a little cheese. And yes, we've tempered it down. <laughs> right, and the word egg. Egg, egg is a strange word. You have to listen closely for egg. Egg. Egg is the sound made when a hen produces an egg. Is the exact sound. That doesn't sound right. No, it came from the hen itself. No, that's walking. When they walk, they go... No, no, right before they lay... No, no, no. But during the laying of the egg, if you listen to a hen, you'll hear... All right, long shot Ken here for non-productive, and I have the complete honor of having. Now let me get this straight: an actress, a dancer, a stunt person, a singer, a writer, a director, even producer. Am I forgetting anything? Yeah, and a uh, circus performer. Well, okay, okay. Aerialist, yeah. <laughs> I have the incomparable Gelsey Laurie with me. How are you today? Thanks so much. I'm good. How are you? Uh, is there anything you don't do? Let's just get that out of the way first. You know what? I'm really bad at cleaning the shower. I can't figure out that. That's <laughs> <laughs> cleaning. I suck at cleaning. So I have to uh, acknowledge that you were brought to my attention actually through YouTube, of all things. I went down a weird YouTube rabbit hole during this whole quarantine thing. And a video that I was recommended, because I'm a huge theater guy and I love Rocky Horror, was a video of the Time Warp. And it's you and your father yeah. recreating the, the a Time Warp, almost like shot for shot, scene for scene, close up for close up. How did that come about? 
Yeah. Um, so I think quarantine brought out a lot of <laughs> strange things for all of us. Boredom does. It started as um, we went into quarantine and my mom left for five weeks to go spend some time with my sister. And I, we were sitting on the couch one day and I was like, look, dad, we're not going to spend this quarantine in sweatpants, just going through every Netflix series every night. That's boring. Like we just can't do that. I was like, we need to spice it up and keep our spirits high. So I was like, how about we do theme nights? And I'm thinking, you know, like luau night and we could do like theme drinks. And, and, uh, our first night was toga night, like classic (laughs) college party. So we like threw on bed sheets and made togas and drank out of like candle holders to, you know, we're like, we need big drink goblets. And, and, um, we made a little video for my Instagram story. And we made like two of them. And then the next night we're like, well, let's do Havana nights. And then our video got a little more, you know, we made mojitos. And then all of a sudden they made like a 30 second video where we're outside with the palm trees. And I'm like, well, I'll put this music on. And then the next night it was men in black and we did a whole choreography to the song. And then it just kept like growing and growing. And I was getting great response from my friends on Instagram. They're like, Oh, we, we look forward to your videos. Um, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, oh, this is fun. So they just kind of got more and more intricate. And then we did a Egyptian video, like a stop motion um, Egyptian video. And that one took a really long time because with stop motion, you know, like just to walk from one side of the room to the other, where we had to like slowly shuffle around. And it was kind of, that was our Friday night. But um, one, one of the nights uh, we were just trying to think of new themes and creative things. And I was like, hey, Beetlejuice is one of my favorite movies. It's been one of my favorite movies since I was like a, a young kid. And I was like, what if we redid the Deo scene, but we did, we played every character and I rewatched the video and I was like, Oh, we totally, they kind of do close-ups of just like them, them. And I was like, we could totally do this. This would be fun. And it started there. You know, this is just like a ridiculous, cool, awesome way to get through what we're all communally going through right now. Mm -hmm. And you just did a really cool approach to doing it. My question is, how did you hook your dad into being a part of all this? It did not take any convincing. I've had so many people ask, how did you convince him? I was like, oh, the minute I said, let's make a video, he's like getting something out of his wardrobe. And he's like, what if I wore this? Like, uh, I, you know, I grew up entertaining, dancing uh, since I was, could walk. And so he was used to my sister and I doing shows, putting on shows. My mom owns a dance studio. So the big recitals, we'd be like, oh, you have to come on and do this little bit for us. And so he's he's just kind of grown up with there always being a show and kind of wanting to be a part of it and being enthusiastic. So, well, let me bring this up, too, because, yeah, you are the entertainer. And it sounds like that also springs from your mom with the dancing. What mm-hmm. does your dad do professionally? He's a pediatrician. <laughs> so he's a doctor. Yeah, he's a doctor. So um, he was he was a gymnast in high school and college. So, you know, he did compete and you could say that's, you know, somewhat of a performing art in a different sense, but, um, that was, that was really it. And then, yeah, he went to medical school and, and has been a doctor, but he, uh, once he met my mom, he was kind of introduced to the dancing world and shows. And then it's just what our household has been. <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's so mind bogglingly awesome. Just seeing the fun that you guys are having doing this, what actually goes into producing the videos that you have so far? Cause uh, I remember seeing one too, where you reenact a spoonful of sugar from Mary Poppins. Yeah. <laughs> and you brought up the whole idea of stop motion in that. And there's some in that also like mm-hmm. what goes into putting it together, getting it shot post the time, like what goes into all that? 
Yeah, I mean, um, it starts off with just an idea. You know, now that we kind of knew we were doing the recreation videos and that became what we were doing, it was kind of a brainstorming. Normally it sits over a couple cocktails and we'll just sit and talk about like, what can we do? And, and so it kind of starts there. Um, and then we'll pull it up on YouTube and watch the scene and, and either go, oh my gosh, we could, you know, we just kind of brainstorm. We could do that. We could do this. And so a spoonful of sugar, for example, that one, that one was probably, we did over four days. You know, my dad still is going to work um, and seeing patients. So he'll get home at like three or four and then, uh, we'll, we'll film something that night. So for Mary Poppins, we had to do a lot of stop motion and, and reverse. Like we found fish wire that we just happened to have. And so we tied it on things so we could stand behind and like pull the drawers open and then we'd reverse it to put the clothes in and out. And so that we would spend like a whole night doing all of that. Um, and that was really tedious actually. Like I made my bed one morning and I was like, Oh, I'll just film this in stop motion. Took me like 30 minutes to make my bed because I had to go and just do it like a little bit at a time. Okay. Record. Okay. Stop. Okay. Record. You know? So it's like that one, like that one took a lot of work. And then the, when we're actually in it and it's us, you know, it's prep time. Like for that one, it didn't take me. I always take way longer to get ready because I'm like, Oh, I got to do makeup. And, but, um, like time warp took a long time to get ready, even for him with like the riffraff makeup. And I'm, you know, he's in my bathroom and I'm putting makeup on him and trying to do that. And, you know, my magenta makeup and everything took longer. So I know like Time Warp took 15 hours of filming and prepping the house and then six hours of editing. So yeah, editing takes a long time. It doesn't, it doesn't because it's, you know, I don't have to create what shot I want and how long it holds. I literally just have the video and I'm like, oh, and it cuts off right there. Okay, pull it in, cut it off. Like, it's just tedious. Like I said, you know, it took six hours to edit. Well, was it just you doing the posts on that kind of stuff? I saw that you did stuff on an iPhone. You were using software. Were you new to, to this too, going into it? No, I, I used iMovie on my, um, I have an Apple. So I, I do everything on iMovie and I'm really familiar with that. I, all my demo reels I've always edited on iMovie. So I had dance reels, aerial reels, show reels. Like I'm always using that program. So I know it well. And I actually, when I was a teenager, did a music video. We used to do music videos in my house, like on all the time when I was like a teenager. So um, later when iMovie came out and I think I finally got an Apple, I used that program. So I've just, I've known it for a long time. Um, But yeah, I do all the editing. We film everything together. You know, he'll work on the lighting that he likes, but um, I, I sit for a whole day and just edit it. Wait, so your dad's also a bit of a perfectionist trying to get lighting correct then. Today. Oh my gosh, we get into fights about the lighting. Well, he has this like <laughs> lamp that sits in his office, like a gooseneck, just reading lamp. And he'll carry it around and be like, we need this for the scene. And like, we get into full on arguments where he's like, I'll be like, okay, are we ready? Let's film it. And he's like, wait, let me get the lamp. And I'm like, oh my God, we don't need it. And like, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's a thing. So he loves, he loves the lighting. <laughs> We we got to talk a little bit beforehand, and you being a stunt person, you saw the Zoe Bell video that came out a few weeks I ago did. that you wound up releasing. It is phenomenal, and if anybody hasn't seen it, I definitely recommend checking it out. She got a whole bunch of friends together, and essentially they all use their iPhones and do a close face-up of essentially everybody just getting pummeled. Yeah, it's incredible. <clears throat> First off, was that was any of that part of the inspiration for your your new series that you're doing, which is The Struggle is Real? Yeah, Struggle is Real. That specifically, no. I, I have like a mentor um, in my life who called me after he saw a couple of my YouTube videos I was making and, and he was like, this is really good. You've got something. It's, you know, after Deo kind of went viral, he's like, people want to see you. It's not, you know, that's just not a fluke. And I was like, oh, okay. I that had never happened to me before. So I was like, okay. Um, you know, and he kind of was like, you should, you have a lot 
of um, going on. You, you have a house to film in. You have a lot of creativity. You can produce, direct, edit, and act. He's like, you need to do something original. And so he kind of pushed and then through conversations, it was like, okay, I'm going to write this show. Um, but I wanted to incorporate kind of everything I do. And so I was like, well, how do I get in action, singing, uh, I do a lot of more like sketch comedy style, you know, kind of imitations and characters. And I was like, how do I put that all into one thing where it's not just like, and now here's me fighting in my backyard for no reason. And, and now I'm going to sing a song. Like, I was like, that's weird. And kind of like a little bit narcissistic. So I was like, how do I do this? And I was like, oh my gosh. And that's how I came up with my theme and style of my show is that it's all kind of a fantasy in my head dealing with real situations. And, and let me tell you, it is very cleverly written. How long did something like that actually come up? I mean, how long did it take for you to come up with an idea or the concept for it? Yeah, um, and thank you so much. It took a few weeks. I want to say the first phone call that I kind of got encouraged to, hey, think of something. And then it was about a week of trying to figure out what kind of story, what would be. And, and once the light bulb went off, I would say a week in of like, oh my gosh, it's all in my head. It was another week of brainstorming, okay, how, what characters do I have? And just writing characters and, and then trying to figure out how to plug it all in. And I still didn't really have a story. So I, I want to say it took th at least three weeks to kind of come up with like the story. Okay, where's the season going? And then I was at my friend's apartment for two days dog sitting. So I was alone. I left this house and I got to go be alone for two days. And that's when I just wrote the first episode script. And it was a good time for me to sit down and I did it two days straight. Just, I don't want to say I don't write, but, um, cause I did, but it's not something I do all the time. So it was, it was a big challenge for me. Um, and I'm learning a lot, but yeah. It's... Well, let me tell you, because it starts off really fun and I want to get to the beginning of it in a second. Uh, cause I do have a couple questions there too, yeah. <laughs> but it does take a bit of a dark turn. Mm -hmm. Also, my, my question, I guess, becomes is, is, did you draw from anything personal on that? Or was that something that you just came up with? Like, where, where did that little bit of that, that darkness come from? Yeah, um, it's a little bit of both. It's, it's drawn internally, um, just kind of who I am as a person. And then also I researched, I wanted to, to be, you know, relatable. And I was like, okay, well, I'm technically a millennial. What's the biggest issues that millennials are dealing with? And um, one of the biggest things that came up to my surprise was we're like the biggest generation of ODs and suicides and depression. And I was like, oh, that's something huge. And a lot of people deal with it. And I don't necessarily deal with depression. I'm a very happy person, if you can't tell. But I've, I've gone through stunts in my life where I've, I've hit depression, where I've hit that feeling. And then I've always kind of had a dark side to me. Like even when I was in sixth grade, the stories I would write, like my teacher had to talk to my parents a few times and they're like, she okay. Cause I was like this happy little kid. And then I'd be like, and then he stabbed her. And like, <laughs> I always just kind of had this dark side to me. And then when I got older, I loved like criminal psychology and the serial killers. And I, I was always fascinated with that. I loved Tim Burton as a kid and darker films. And um, so I think that's just kind of a part of me too. I love that dark, turn on things and you're like, Ooh. Um, so that's just kind of, again, that's part of me, but also just going through, it's not where I'm at in my life now, but where I've been, you know, I grew up in the ballet world and, and things get dark there internally and you, you feel alone and you go through, you know, I've been through eating disorders and depression at this and alone on contracts where I feel like I'm on the road alone. And, you know, it just, so I can, I can relate to those feelings and I just kind of wanted to get them out, but do it in a funny way. Now, speaking of funny, let me let me ask you, the opening scenes almost are a very Quentin Tarantino-esque Kill Bill totally. vibe uh, of you essentially beating up your parents. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We laughed so hard filming that. So it was, you know, it's 
it is funny when you say stylistically, I'm now that I'm creating my own content, I can really start seeing the films that have influenced me in my life. And it's like, I'm a big Quentin Tarantino fan. Kill Bill's one of my favorites. So I think it's the styles and people who have influenced me are starting to come out now when I produce and the music I've used has a very Woody Allen feel to it. And there's been a couple other, I'm like, Oh wow, these people influence me a lot. But, um, yeah, that fight scene was, it was, it was a challenge for me because I initially, I mean, I'm performing in it, had to choreograph it and then had to basically stunt coordinate that scene. So I have to make sure that everyone's safe. I'm teaching them how to take reactions, you know, which is not easy, you know, my front kick. And this is kind of where the editing came in where I'm on the counter and I, I front kick my dad and he goes back. Well, with a reaction, you want to snap your head back to make it look real. And I have so many takes of him just going up a big stiff. We call it the kind of like Bugs Bunny cartoon effect where, you know, it doesn't look real. So I'm like, we're laughing. And I'm just like having to teach, you know, okay, obviously we're not actually punching each other, but where to punch for camera angles. And, you know, if I'm punching and I have to have my dad filming it, well, I have to teach him where to hold the camera, tell my mom where to punch me. It, taught me a lot you know you, you learn something even more when you go to teach it but it was it was fun and yeah it was, it was yeah it's me beating up my parents I think I thought I killed my dad like I have one scene that I, I want to do a bloopers reel which I'll I'll put out soon but I oh, pushed please. him and I pushed him too hard and he like rammed into the kitchen uh cabinets and he's like oh and I sit there and I'm like oh shit I'm sorry and like there's so many he's like I think I pulled something and it's great like I gotta yeah I gotta get that <laughs> together uh-huh. I actually come from a little bit of that world, too, so I know what goes into it. And uh, I can only imagine what it was like in that kitchen and maybe out in the backyard as you're trying to essentially quickly teach your parents how to take a hit, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, how much video is there? Because I I think I really do have to see this. I know. You know, some things we would get in one take and I'd be like, I think that's it. And some I just have like takes and takes and takes and takes. That was a lot more... I, I, there's a lot of footage for that one that I have to go through. And it was, you know, and then we'd get one and be like, oh, actually they did really good. And I messed up. And I was like, I kicked too soon or yeah. So I need to go through all that footage and I'm trying to go through and put blooper reels for everything. Cause I mean, I have all the footage from the time warp and every time we jump and my dad messes up the choreography and I stop and I'm like, what are you doing? And I have like all this footage of us like trying to make these films. So I need to go through and, and make blooper reels for everything. Again, we, we're barely even scratching the surface in some of the projects and things that you've been involved in over the years. I mean, you've done Cirque du Soleil. You've, you've, uh, you've done theater. Uh, you and I were talking, you were in Rock of Ages. Is there a project that you've done, maybe over any other, that holds more of a spot in your heart or that you think more fondly of? Oh, gosh. that You know, I've thought about that question, and it's nearly impossible to answer because they're all so unique, and they're all so dear to me in different ways. I've I mean, I've done a lot of like little one-off shows here and there that I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I did that. Like those aren't as big, but my big contracts, I would say Cirque du Soleil was, is probably the biggest because um, I was in the Beatles love show and that show I saw it when I was 15 and first time I saw it, I was like, I have to be in the show. And for 10 years, I saw it 15 and I, I started doing it at 25. And for 10 years, that was my like purpose in life was I have to be in that show. It's why I started training circus arts. It's why I wanted to be in Cirque du Soleil. I was like, well, if I get into the company and can be in a different show, maybe then I can transfer to that show. It just like, it made me fall in love with the Beatles in high school. You'd walk in my room. It was like British invasion exploded in there. And it just put me in this different move and um, motivation. And even when I was, you know, in hard times on other shows, I would just use that as motivation to get through a workout another day. And, And then I 
got it and I I got a solo act in it and it was just like oh my I did it like so that had a huge weight on my life I mean it affected me for 10 years and then I did it for three years so that one it holds such a special place in my heart yeah I I gotta tell you, well, that's actually ironic because this past week uh, I, I've been going through a, a Beatles thing too, and I wound up pulling out all the movies, doing Hard Days Night. Yeah. You know? uh, Hard Days Night, I think, is still one of the greatest. It's I don't know so if good. you've seen it or not. Oh, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah right. I mean, oh, it's the their dialogue, and it's just them who they were. They were just witty guys that just. I don't even think there was much of a script. They just let them go, and the things they say are just so. Yeah, it's a classic. You know, I mean, I actually look at it as Hard Days Night. I think Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and Monty Python, the Holy Grail, and mm-hmm. probably young Frankenstein have to be in the, the triumvirate of great comedies of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And Mel Brooks, I could go on for hours. Oh, about. Yeah. Like, I grew up with Mel Brooks. So it's like that Robin Hood, Men and Tides, Dracula done loving it. I mean, Blazing Saddles, those are all just some of my favorite movies. All right, so let me ask you. So The Struggle is Real, first episode's out. Mm-hmm. Do we have an idea of when we might be seeing episode two? Yeah, um, I actually just finished my final edit this morning. So it is ready to go. We're just, um, it should be in the next few weeks. Yeah, episode three starts filming this week. Um, I just, I held off a little bit because I wanted to give the appropriate platform on social media to the voices that need to be heard going through the the time we are right now in the U.S. So I I just kind of put a pause on me personally putting any of my own things out onto social media for that reason. So I don't have an exact date, but it should be soon. Within In June. Once all this craziness is gone, Mm -hmm. where do you go from here? (laughs) I ask myself that every day. (laughs) Well, what next? Um, I mean, when things, things are opening up, but when it gets more normal and I'll I'll go back to training I mean I'll go back to trying to get stunt work um in LA and in you know we used to to get stunt work you go on to sets and hustle a stunt coordinator and just break onto set and go hi that's probably going to change because they're a lot more strict now who's getting onto set with sanitation and, and of course but um do that and then you know hopefully this show gets seen by the right person and it, it can lead to something but uh I'm going to, you know, just get in acting classes, go to comedy school because it's kind of where my heart is, too, and, and keep doing the L.A. Hollywood thing. And all I can all I can ask of you is please keep it up because I have been enjoying all of the content, all of it. Oh, it's just fantastic. So we are going to wrap it up. But the one last thing I want to do is please, please, please for me. Tell your parents afterwards that I said hi, because I think now I'm like their biggest fan. Oh, great. I will. They'll love that. Yeah. They, they're putting in, you know, so much work. I I have to thank them so much. Like they're my crew and cast (laughs) and they're so supportive. They're so encouraging and and they just are like, whatever you need, we'll do it. And it's amazing. So I I will though. For our audience out there, Gelsey, how can we find out about what's going on with you and how we can see all these incredible videos that you're uh, producing? Yeah, um, YouTube is a great way, Gelsey Laurie, and then um, Instagram. It's just everything's my name, Gelsey Laurie, and I do have a Facebook page, and I kind of post. Instagram's going to be a little more day-to-day. I post on my story every day, so whether it's me just being stupid, which most of the time it is, and I'm like, but I'll, I'll keep updates on when things are being released, and, and I drop my videos on all three platforms. And send me a DM and say hi. I always respond. Awesome. Hey, listen, thank you very much for spending some time with us tonight. 
all my best to you and your family in the future. Any upcoming projects you have, I know I'll be looking forward to it. You already have a huge fan of me, so thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much. And same, thanks for having me on the show, and it was great talking. Not a problem. Take care and have a great night. Thanks, you too. Bye. Bye-bye. And we're back. Wow. Okay, you've yeah. Been, you've been waiting a long it. time to pull that off again, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Of course. Sure. I don't do that in my car when I'm driving home just normally. I'm sure you don't. No. I'm sure it happens all the damn time, actually. <laughs> no, but that was... I, I understand now why the 2,000-year-old man is a classic. Absolutely. You know what my favorite part was? My favorite part was where uh, you didn't add that in in post, and I totally just listened to it now. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yes. Yes. And uh, our, our special guest, Gelsia Laurie, who is, again, an incredible talent. You got to check out her YouTube stuff. She's She's been helping me get through uh, a lot of the hardships over the last few months. Her stuff has just been incredible. I, I, I can't stress enough how much you actually have to check her stuff out. You'll love it. So, uh, Pete, mm -hmm. we have uh, a holiday uh, going on. We have 4th of July. The Latter Idiot's most sentimental holiday. Do you remember why, though? Of course I remember. Because it's 4th of July! <laughs> I wonder, that when we first started doing the show out of uh, New Brunswick, good old here, New Brunswick, I remember being there on 4th of July recording a show with Frank and the non-productive crew, and outside the studio, there is this kid running around the streets of New Brunswick screaming at the top of his lungs, 4th of July! I, I have never seen any kids so amped for 4th of July. It's funny, that, and uh, I guess because it was the first time, I think, that we uh, were on the non-productive show here in New Brunswick was that 4th of July. Because uh, I, I always correlate 4th of July with the Transformers movie because that's what we originally went in there to talk about. The, fir the first film had hit that, that weekend. And right, we, were, uh, right. we, were, we were doing a retrospective of Transformers, which uh, was interesting because uh, I, I really hadn't done anything on air like that before. And I remember us trying to come up with uh, sketches and bits <laughs> for, for, for Frank at Nompro for Transformers. And kudos for you for uh, doing a lot of the audio and editing, editing work on that stuff. I don't know if I did any of the editing on that one. I don't want to take credit. I think that was Frank. Oh, maybe. But we did do, we did do uh, some pretty good on the spot uh, uh, sketch work. Yeah, you know, yeah. back when we actually used to produce sketches. Yeah, good I times. Kinda, man. Honestly, I kind of miss that, but I kind of don't because uh, after a while, you realize just how much effort and work it, it takes. Oh yeah, hats off to anybody who writes comics, especially if they're ninety eight years old. But Fourth um, of July, man, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a different one this year. My, uh, I tell you, I'm looking forward to my 4th of July movie tradition. What's that? I got two, and now this year I've got a third movie that I, al that I always watch on uh, 4th of July. I watch Gettysburg, mm -hmm. because that, that took place July 1st through 3rd, and the wrap-up was on July 4th. Right. I watch 1776, the musical. Right, 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 right. 
which I adore. And now I've got another musical I could watch. Hamilton. Uh, yeah, Hamilton's uh, being released on Disney Plus, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I admit, I, I am very curious. I have not seen or even heard any of the music, really, from Hamilton. Well, I, I have not yet has, you know, been able to have the money to afford to go see it, so, so this well, will be a treat. Uh, it's not even a question of money most of the time. It's just luck. Yeah. What was it, like the first, two, uh, first year or two years of that show, it was essentially like sold out? Yeah. It was like ridiculously impossible to get seats. I mean, actually, yeah, I mean, it was such a big deal that like that became a joke in a lot of sitcoms during that period. Yeah, you know, like or people would refer to being able to, to go see Hamilton as like a joke because they they just couldn't. Yeah, I think I'm going to be doing a Carl Reiner marathon this weekend, pulling out some oh, some of some old favorites. That's a good idea. Well, on that note, I think that's going to call for us to. I think actually, that I bro. think we're good. So, all right. Well, listen, you be safe. Enjoy the holiday. You too, and all and, you listeners out there, you do that too. Be safe. And, also, I do want to give a special thank you uh, again to Gelsey Laurie. Check out her videos on YouTube, especially her, her new series, The Struggle is Real. And check out all the other fun videos that, that she's been producing. They're great. So, okay. I think that's going to do it for us, dude. I'm Longshot Ken. I'm Big Papa Pete. Loud idiots, out! Out! <laughs>